Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. We want to welcome you, welcome Concord and Davidson and, and all of our locations, Adalton Teen Challenge and at the loft, and we've got uh, people joining us online. Online, really, let me, let me just give you a l- couple of things about uh, online. Why, why do we ch- do church online? Well, for people in our physical locations of Concord and Davidson and Charlotte, how many of you have either been in the hospital or been sick or been on vacation uh, or been out of town on business, and that's been a blessing to you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so for people that are in driving distance of one of our locations, we want you to be in the house of God. There's something about about being here. Maybe a couple of you have been checking us out online, but you're within driving distance of Concord, Davidson, Charlotte. We'd love to see you in, in the next couple of weeks. But also what we're finding is communities that are, uh, this is their experience in other states, in, in, in other countries, and even people getting together. And so we just want to say how much that we love you and we feel like you're part of our family. And so Concord and all of our locations, can we give a shout out to everybody that may be in a different location watching online. As we begin our new series, Transformed Through Romans uh, chapter 12, and if you have your copy of God's Word, you can get it out and turn there. This is not a trick question. Uh, This is just a a straight-up question. So how many of you, given the opportunity to choose a life that is filled with joy and love and clarity and hope and faith and peace, would choose this life over a life or a job, or a home, or a family, or a situation that is filled with doubt, anxiety, confusion, negativity, and worry. How many of you are on this side with me? I see you. I got your hands. So the question is, right, like that's the easy part. Yep, I'm in. The hard part is how do I get there? Like, have you ever stopped to think about that? Like, People that live, I'm not saying that we're either 100% on either side. Life is way too complex for that. But, but there, are, there are people that tend to live more in this camp than that camp. And the question is, the key question is, is that because of circumstances in their life? Like they just have better genetics or they were born into a better home or they have more money or a better job or... Or is it a choice in our response to our circumstances that determines how we live? Because your answer to that will determine a lot of things in your life. So I want to go to science and I want to go to the Bible. Let's go to uh, neuroscience first. So all of you now, I want to transport you from church. Now you are pre-med. You're pre-med. Turn to the person next to you. Say congratulations. Say, I always knew you were smart. And tell them, because they're not just in, 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 uh, they're not just in pre-med, they're going to be brain surgeons. So tell them you can operate on me anytime. No, you're not going to tell them that. Okay, I wouldn't either. But so you're all going to be brain surgeons. And I'm going to teach you, I'm going to, here's the first lesson, two things about neuroscience. Ready? Number one, this is what neuroscientists tell us. Number one, thoughts are things. Thoughts are things. Do you know that thoughts take up physical real estate in your brain? 
Thoughts are not just fleeting things like, have you ever had a thought about your thoughts, dismissing your thoughts of like, oh, they're not that important. Like, oh, it's just a thought. I Pastor, I didn't act on it. Like when the person cut you off in traffic yesterday and you had the thought of taking a crowbar and throwing it through your window, but you said hey, it was just a thought. I didn't, I didn't act on it. Or when your boss was uh, treating you unfairly this week and you had the thought of getting in the octagon MMA ring with them and just, you know, a repeated, hey, pastor was just a thought or you, you looked at somebody or had a, a lustful thought and you're like, well, I didn't really, I didn't commit adultery. It was just a thought. No, thoughts are things. And just like if you have a piece of property and you begin to build a physical structure, a home on that property, and you got to live in what you build, you, li you live in what you build. You build, so that's the second part, is you build your brain. And we live in what we build. So if thoughts are things, this is a couple of things. There's a, there's a negative side to this and a positive side. The negative side is hearing that. That can be very, that can be like all the guilt and shame in the world because you're like, well, that's great. I just killed five people this week in my mind. And that's what Jesus says in the book of Matthew, right? Book of Matthew, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus ups to Andy. He said, you've heard it said, don't murder. But I say unto you, if any of you has an angry thought in your mind about your brother, You've committed murder. And so all the murderers in the house raise your hand, right? Like if you've been, ever been angry. And the Bible says, so Jesus says um, uh, the, that it says don't commit adultery. But he says, I say to you, if you have had a lustful thought in your mind, you have gone ahead and committed adultery. So on one hand, it's like, are you kidding me? We are all horrible people. And I would just say an amen to that. Because without Jesus, like this is, I know it's semantics. And if you've used this phrase on Instagram, I'm not mad at you. It's just kind of one of my pet peeves of like uh, living. I want to I wanna be my, I'll like I told the Southeastern kids we were talking about this. And I said, you know, the phrase, um, I want to be, my, I wanna be my, my best self. Well, your best self is absolutely sinful and horrible and deserves to go to hell without Jesus. That's your best. Like, if I'm just being honest, that's your best self. So if you want to live your best self, uh, it has to start with living through Jesus Christ. Like, that's, let's not uh, ever say that apart from living through Jesus. So on one side, though, that can be terribly defeating. All, all of these negative thoughts in my brain, how do I deal with them? On the other hand, do you see the hope on the other side of this, for somebody that has walked through trauma, that is somebody that has walked through abuse, you've walked through sin, you've walked through guilt, you've walked through situations, you can change through the power of the gospel and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can change your brain, you can change your thoughts. And so if you've come in here today and you're dealing with fear and confusion and guilt and shame and negativity, I'm gonna show you through the power of God's word not just to alter some thoughts, but I want to have this message. I want to title this message, How to Have a Mind Revival. Like, let's have a mind revival. I believe that if revival starts here, it'll somehow filter out. And so the Apostle Paul tells us how to do this. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is our theme verse for the next four or five weeks. And I want us at all of our locations, read this together out loud. Here we go. It says... Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let's break that down a little bit. 
Do not conform. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Have you found that there is a pattern to this world that if you don't know what to think or how to think, there are a bunch of thinkers out there that would love to tell you what to think and how to think. Like if you don't know what to think, just turn on the news. They're telling you how to think. If you want to know how to think, your, your friend this week that you're going to have coffee with is be happy to tell you what to think. And they've got all. And some of them is some of it's good, and some of it's bad, and some of it's neutral. But there is a there is a pattern to this world that the enemy, especially, would love to take. He would love to take your thoughts. It's like remember back in the day when every family gathering and every church picnic had Jello. You remember like when jello was a thing and all the jello molds and you threw some fruit in there and some whipped cream on top and it was like jello in its in its uh like I don't know like is the FDA outlawed jello? I just don't see jello a lot anymore. But but jello in its liquid form and then you pour it into a mold there is a there's a pattern and the liquid forms to what the pattern is and that's what happens physically. Like not just, this is not just a, a illustration. Physically in your mind, the physical brain matter, the molecules and the neurons in your brain conform to the pattern of the thoughts that you, that you think. You say, again, well, I don't want that. But the, the, world is, the world is basically saying this. It's basically saying compromise, be confused, conform, compromise, conform, compromise, conform, believe this way, behave this way, believe this way, behave this way. And before you know it, you wake up and you're like, man, where'd all the worry come from? But what are we filling our minds with that is leading us to the worry? So Paul to the rescue. Again, Paul, remember now, Paul is if if a great life is dependent on great circumstances, then Paul is up here laughing at all of us, right? Like Paul says, you want my credentials for ministry? Shipwrecked, beaten, rejected, falsely accused, like on and on down the line. And yet Paul says, I got so much joy, I don't know what to do with myself. Paul says, I've got love and I've got peace. So Paul is living proof, kind of like Jesus is, that the Bible is true, that our, uh, uh, how we experience life is not so much the result of our circumstances, but how we choose the mindset that we choose to have as a result of those circumstances. So Paul says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Say transformed. 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 So when I think about transform, my mind goes back to 1984 to the Transformers. So how many of you, how many of you grew up with uh, this version of Optimus Prime? Children of the 80s, you grew up and that was your Optimus Prime. How many of you born a little bit later in life or maybe you just never watched the cartoon and you saw the movie? How many of you were like the movie version of Optimus Prime? Anybody out there? Yes, yeah, several of you like that. Now, anybody in the middle that I just discovered this for the first time, I didn't even know this was a thing. Didn't even know it existed, but apparently in the 90s, there was a version of Transformers called Transformers Beast Wars. So again, I just, so, so Optimus Prime in this, in this version of the cartoon, they made him a gorilla. And I just want to say that you were lied to. Um, <laughs> Satan got a hold of that cartoon and he tried to deceive you. And I'm sorry for that. And I just want to break those lies in the name of Jesus. Optimus Prime is not a gorilla. He's a truck. 
okay? So let's set that straight. And so when we think of transformers, we think, okay, the renewing of my mind transformed. I remember when, when my son Cade was like three years old, he got into transformers. And I think the reason he did was because it was one of the few free things that I was able to download on my iPad. We were traveling a lot at the time. So when we were traveling, it was like, here, watch transformers. So I think it was around his fourth birthday, he wanted a transformer. So Cameron and I went to Target. And back in the day, y'all, back in the day, transformers, they're what you didn't choose. I mean, like you chose the transformer, but you didn't choose the complexity level of the transformer. It was just, you bought the transformer. You bought the Autobot. You bought the Decepticon. Let me catch you up in case those of you are like, who's this Optimus Prime? So uh, Autobots and Decepticons, Autobots are the good guys, Decepticons are the bad guys, Transformers more than meets the eye, Transformers, robots in disguise. So you have an airplane that transforms into a robot and then vice versa and all of these different things in this battle for control of the universe. So basically that's, that's uh, uh, Transformers. And so Cade wanted to transform. We went into Target and had had different levels, like different levels of Transformers. So I had the little age markings on there. It was like three plus and seven plus and 12 plus. I'm thinking, well, uh, my son might just be three plus, but I'm 12 plus and I can transform a transformer. I grew up with these things. And so we got, I think, I think the, its name was Jazz. I think it was the red car, and, uh, one of the Autobots. And we, we brought that home and it was in the car form and, and we transformed it from the car form into the robot form. And at some point, either myself or Cade wanted to transform it back into the car form. So I took the robot and I started transforming it back into the car form, except the pieces did not go where I wanted them to go. It was a car. Y'all, it didn't have any wheels. I could not get the wheels to come out. Like, and the car door were open and like arms were coming out of there. And I'm, so I'm like, so I took it to an expert. My friend Jared Stowers is like a, a, a transformer collector. And so I take it to the master, to Jared. And, and he works it and he transforms it and it gets it back into the car. And so I'm thinking, okay, we can do this now. Take it back. We transform it into the robot. Try to transform it into the car again. And I, I can't do it again. I take the package from Target. I stuff this thing in because it won't even go back in the package. So I got legs and appendages coming out of there. And I Take it back into Target, and in my mind, I'm probably thinking something like, it does not mean 12 plus, it means engineering degree is what you need to transform this transformer. And, and so some of us have had a spiritual or a biblical experience a little bit like I had with this transformer, and you would say something like this, Pastor I've done this. I've wanted to go from the negative side to the positive side. I've tried it, it's too hard, and it doesn't work. But here's the nuance. When the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it is not talking about be transformed like a transformer. Because when a transformer transforms, it takes on a different shape externally, but it is not transformed internally. And the word for transformed, the biblical word transformed is metamorpho. And it means to be transformed. Figured from the inside out, transformed by being with. Do you remember the story of Jesus going up the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17? In case you don't, here's the backstory of this. So when you see a mountain in the Bible, it usually means either prayer or an encounter with God. So Jesus takes his inner prayer circle, Peter, James, and John. He goes up to the mountain, and in Matthew 17, it says that Jesus has this encounter. After six days, Jesus took him, uh, took with him, Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured 
transformed, transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Here's what happened to Jesus. Jesus got into the very presence of his heavenly father and the presence of God was so powerful and so strong within him that he transformed from the inside out and he walked down that mountain and he glowed. Y'all, one time, just one time, I want to preach a message and like, laser beams come out of my eyes. I think that would be cool. I think that would be a cool illustrated sermon. Like one time I want to be at a prayer meeting and get up from the altar and people be like, whoa, y'all see Pastor Duck? So if that happens to me at any time, one of two things happen. Either number one, I was with Jesus or number two, I had a bad experience at the Area 51 raid in October and I was exposed to some some nuclear or alien material. So one of those two things has happened but this is what the bible says that we this is what the bible is talking about talking about you can't fix your toxic thoughts from the outside but if you get into the presence of jesus and invite the power of the holy spirit in when you walk out of that encounter you can walk out changed you can walk out transformed and you can walk into your toxic situation at work and you glow you radiate with his presence because he got in you and changed you from the inside out I see Jesus like making his way into your mind and while you're worshiping, he's dismantling all of that junk and he's building something that looks like joy and peace and faith and he's putting those things together and he's taking all the pain of the abuse and the memories, the memories that won't go out of your mind and how you're rehearsing the hate speech against the person that hurt you when you get into the presence of Almighty God. Suddenly that doesn't matter as much anymore. But some, some, sometimes it's a, it's a one-time thing, but sometimes it's a process. So do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that word renewing, that word renewing has this connotation of, of being with Jesus, but it's also a, a process. If you put that, that word up for renewing, guys, what this means is, is a renewal is a change of heart in life, the completing of a Process, say process, which intensifies, say intensifies. Some of you are saying, stop preaching, pastor. I liked it when you were just talking about glowing. Completing a process which intensifies. So let's connect that now back to the metamorpho, this this process. So it's kind of like a, uh, what do you think of when you hear that metamorpho, metamorphosis, right? Like the process of a caterpillar to the butterfly. We have, we have, um, some wildflowers in the backyard and it's kind of become this butterfly garden and, and Anna, our 10-year-old, is like the butterfly whisperer. She will just go up and she'll, she'll catch these butterflies and hold them for a while and then she'll let them go. But if you think about this process, so a little caterpillar, got to crawl around in the dirt, life's bad, life's all just weeds and, and all kinds of junk down there and man, I don't want to, and, and, and then one day, one day the caterpillar, um, has an experience with Jesus and he becomes wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to his purpose. And he looks up and he sees a butterfly and he's like, that's it. 
That's what I want. I'm not going to be bird prey anymore. I'm not going to be food for predators anymore. I'm going to live above. I'm going to fly above. Above. Jesus has a vision for my life. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to be. Transformation process. And so he gives his life to Jesus. And suddenly he walks up. So then what do caterpillars do? They walk around. They start eating everything. They're feasting on everything. You remember after you first gave your heart to Jesus, every sermon was for you. Every worship, every worship song was, it was like the Holy Spirit wrote it just for you that morning. You mean you're just feeding, you're taking it all in and you're thinking, I'm, going, I'm on my way. I'm going to be a butterfly. I'm going to fly high. Jesus is going to use me. This is it. God, I'm ready. Transform me. And then what happens is that the cocoon starts being built around you. You're saying, God, we didn't talk about the cocoon. <laughs> my, my word was butterfly. My word, my 2018 Occupy word was butterfly. It was not cocoon. And yet this cocoon starts being built around you. And here's what I know about cocoons. Cocoons are places of darkness. And cocoons, y'all know what happens in a cocoon? It ain't pretty. What happens inside of a cocoon isn't pretty. Like it is not, did you know that it isn't just like the, these wings pop out of the little caterpillar when he's inside the cocoon? Like basically, this is a little graphic, but hey, you're pre-med students, you're going to have to deal with some things like this, okay? So I'm just going to tell you straight up that the caterpillar begins to digest itself and becomes this like ooze. So if you open a cocoon at the wrong time during metamorphosis, you're seeing just like caterpillar soup drain out of here. So what this is, like, so have you ever been, have you, have you, have you walked through cocoon season in your life? Cocoon season is when, uh, when everything gets a little bit dark, when it gets confusing, and when if you were, see, you don't even have eyes anymore, and, and, and you don't have, like, you're trying to think of, well, what was this butterfly thing going on, and, and did God really say butterfly to me, and was that my word, and was that my promise, and, and it's dark, and it's confusing, but what's happening, what's happening is the caterpillar is not going through a process of external transformation. The caterpillar is going through a process of internal transformation, and that's what's happening to you inside the cocoon because God has to complete the process of internal transformation during your cocoon season so you can step into your butterfly season. That's what God is doing in you. But if you, if you cut the cocoon season short, well, y'all ever see uh, Bugs Life? Y'all ever see, uh, y'all remember Heimlich? Heimlich walking around, eating all the time, eating, I want to be a butterfly. I'm eating, I want to be a butterfly. I'm going to be a butterfly. I'm going to eat, 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 eat. And he goes and gets inside his cocoon and, and he comes out and he's still a caterpillar with these tiny little wings. And I'm just telling you, I'm not trying to be a Heimlich Christian that eats all the time, but there's no inner transformation in my life. I'm not trying to come to church and hear a word from God, but I walk out of here and I still treat my wife the same and I still talk the same as everybody else and I do everything else. That is what the world doesn't understand. How were you in the cocoon with you sprouting those tiny little wings? No, if you're in in cocoon season, I want true inner transformation that is a radical transformation so when I walk out of there, I step into something different. You don't walk around. You're not going to go home and 
Oh, look at, the, look at those, wow, look at those caterpillars. Look at those awesome caterpillars. But you'll go and you say, man, look at that beautiful butterfly. God has something. I'm preaching this to somebody who's in the middle of, of a cocoon. And I know it's dark. And I know it's confusing in there, but if you will submit to the working of the Holy Spirit even now and just say, Jesus, I yield to you. I don't understand, Holy Spirit, but I yield to you. I trust you. I trust you. I don't see it. I don't feel it. See, in your mind, you got to remember what that butterfly word was. you got to see yourself on the other side. God, I trust you for this. I trust you for this metamorphosis. God loves you too much just to transform a few, rearrange some things on that outside. He's trying to get at your identity. He's trying to get at you from the inside out. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your, of your mind. So here's what this looks like. Let's go back uh, scientifically and biblically. Remember, you graduate, so say, say these two things. Say, uh, thoughts are things. Say, you build, I build my brain. Okay, you're now a medical doctor. Turn to the person next to you. Say, tell them congratulations. Call them doctor. And say, hello, doctor. Hello, doctor. So, so here's let, let me let me do some continuing education for all of the all of the neuroscientists in the house. So every every morning, your brain goes through something. Your your body goes through something. But specifically, as it's applied to your brain, it goes through something that scientists call neurogenesis. And basically, what neurogenesis is is that every morning you get brand new nerves that don't have any cellular memory that are confined to the limitations of your past. So this brand new, you woke up this morning and there were brand new cells in your brain and they didn't know anything about the fear. They didn't know anything about the negativity. They didn't know how you'd been hurt. They didn't know about the abuse. The abuse, it was just a, a brand, it's just raw material. It's like you're, you're building a house and, and the Lowe's truck pulls up and it, and it drops off wood and some stone and some sheetrock. And with this, you, choo you choose what to build. You can build a mansion out of it or you can build a shack out of it. So every morning, you can choose, where, you choose which side that this goes on. Say, how do I do this? It's... It's kind of simple. When your eyes pop open in the morning, before your feet hit the ground, you just start saying, like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I choose you today. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Jesus, you are great and you are exalted. I choose you today, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you. And what you're doing is that you are training your brain. You're training your thoughts. And then, and then what's going to happen is because the enemy isn't going to like what's going on. The enemy will say, say, hey, don't remember the lustful thought. Remember the anger. Remember, you got to get to the email. You got to get to all these things that are worrying your day. And you 
just got to say, God, I, I, I take care of that thought. I take every thought captive, and I repent of that, and, and I ask forgiveness for that, and I ask for forgiveness for how I'm re- rehearsing hurt in my brain. Jesus, I choose you again. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want to get in the Word. The Word of God says to be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, and I, I choose. And what you do is you anoint yourself. You are the priest of your mind, and you have the power. You have the power to lay your hand on yourself and to pray for yourself during the day so that you will go through a mind revival. You are with Jesus. When you are with Jesus, you walk out transformed, transfigured. You walk out glowing. You build your brain. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different, but I I'm going to ask you to begin this mind revival, to be the, the priest of your mind, to be the priest of this home through the, through the power of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus, only through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. But to begin to pray for yourself, to begin to pray for your mind that you will choose to place your thoughts in areas where they will bring you joy and peace. So will you just take your hand with me and would you place it on your head and would you join me and just saying, God, I repent of all the negativity and junk and anything that does not line up with the word of God. I just take that and I ask you to forgive that. And God, I want to step in. I want to step in with life. I want to step in with healing. I want to step in. God, I want to step in. I want, I, I want a mind revival. Transform my thinking. Transform my thinking in Jesus' name. I know it with heads still bowed and eyes still closed. I don't know why except that I feel, I feel this. And I did this last week and it's a little bit unusual, but I'm going to do it again. I just feel like in this moment to give another person one more chance to say yes to Jesus, and this is probably just for the Concord Auditorium, but I don't want to limit it, limit it to that. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand the first time, and I've been a mess all through service, and, and I feel like I've been running from God, and I don't know if heaven's going to be my home, and I need, to know, I need to repent now, and I need to say yes to Jesus in this moment. I'm going to ask that heads bowed, eyes closed between you, me, and the Lord, if that's you, would you, just, would you just slip up your hand real quick so that I can see that? I'm going to scan the balcony and, and just look in through the balcony and then down through the cascades. Everybody right with Jesus. Everybody there, I got you. Anybody else? But just say, this is my moment. You can put your hand down after you've put it up. Anybody else, just say, I need, this is my moment, Pastor. I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't raise my hand the first time, but I need to raise my hand right now. Okay, church, let's just one more time say, pray this together. This is, so, this is why we do this whole thing. This is all of this is about people going from death to life in Jesus' name. So let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe in the cross. I believe in Jesus. And I receive him today as my Lord and Savior so that heaven will be my home and that eternity will come alive in my heart. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you want a mind revival, can you just give God praise and let's lead that way this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, 
Simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.